Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Dudes and Drinks podcast. Today we're going to be spicing it up and talking about a druid who hates Valentine's Day. But before we get into that, let's uh, let's talk about our drinks. I'm just going to be sipping on some good old water because I haven't eaten anything today and I don't want to get trashed. <laughs> so yeah. What are you drinking, Brad? Today, so I've I've been trying some gin recently. Uh, today, though, I've just got the the basic gin and juice. Uh, you know, good old pineapple juice. Love that shit. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Juice. Yeah, and just like um, the Katy Perry song, you know, sipping gin and juice. Yeah. The, what? What? The Katy Perry not, song. I do not know. California girls. Oh, you know. Uh, Come on! You, Come on I didn't know that was. I didn't know it was a lyric in that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry you're not as much of a Katy Perry fan as me. All right, you, you that do. Is, you that do, is true. <laughs> you do realize we're the first gin and juice song, correct? It was like Snoop Dogg or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm, I'm specifically thinking about the Katy Perry one. So. Well, I redact that. Do whatever you want. Doesn't change my opinion. Tyler, what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking, surprise, surprise, another IPA, because I have a really good taste. Nice. Uh, <laughs> um, Nugget Nectar. I bought a six pack uh, for the last time we recorded, so I'm just kind of wouldn't just kind of hitting that down. That's a cool name. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It's really earthy, and I really like earthy. I don't like fruity. Ooh. So yeah, it tastes yeah. like. It, it it's like it's on the, um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty you're, good. You're not gonna like what I'm gonna recommend then, but I actually found this IPA that I really like called um Bat Squatch. It pairs well like with strawberries and stuff like that, and it's really good. Um, I actually should have grabbed some of that whenever I was out I, today. I don't mind fruity. I just. I, it's harder for me to find fruity IPAs that I like versus like fruity and citrusy IPAs that I like versus earthy and hoppy. I mean, it's it's just um, hard for me to find IPAs like that I like. So yeah, when I found that one, like, I was kind of happy yeah. about with it. Like, pe- people that don't tend to like IPAs naturally, a like lean more toward the citrusy and fruity. Hey, that's me. People, yeah, but, but people that do like net like IPAs naturally tend to lean more towards earthy. I See, feel like I, don't I, I like could this, be wrong with that statement. But. I don't like the citrusy ones though. I don't like because I I hate grapefruit. Yeah, fuck um, orange. Well, that's also kind of probably because like part of my like growing up when I had grapefruit, I wasn't told that you're supposed to put sugar on it when you eat it. So I just uh, eat it like a grapefruit, like just an orange, and it I hated okay. it. And a I lot of the citrusy it. like IPAs just remind me of grapefruit. Not a fan. If, if a fruit requires you to put orange or put sugar on it to like it, then it's not a good fruit, and you need to go like reevaluate what a good fruit is. I've, I've never seen <laughs> it as a good fruit. So no, no, I'm not saying you do. I'm saying there's people, just anybody, anybody like like if somebody says like like I like grapefruit, like do you like it with sugar or without sugar? Oh, with sugar. Well, then you don't like grapefruit. You like sugar. See, my dad. I think my with, dad with likes it. Hints. My dad likes it without sugar. Okay. Which is probably Which is, where I okay. try why I tried it without sugar first. I tried it with sugar before and it's really good, but like, so so is sugar. sugar on strawberries. That's also really good. And like, 
I think you just like sugar. I do. I just point. do. I do just like sugar. <laughs> I am surprised I'm not fat. Anyway, so the Valentine's Day Druid. So I actually got this idea um, earlier today whenever I got flowers and I was trimming them and um, to put them in a vase and whatnot. And I was thinking, you know, what would be really cool is a Druid who hates that people go out and kill plants for some measly holiday. Now, in the D&D setting, obviously, replace Valentine's Day with whatever your world equivalent it is. But my idea was this druid that would set up his own shop, druid craft his own flowers so he's not harming anything that's already pre-existing in nature, and then curse them to come alive on the day of the holiday and attack and just cause chaos to kind of dissuade people from trying to buy flowers for a holiday ever again and that was kind of the extent of the idea and i kind of just word vomited that out to you guys on the on our idea board um but what do you think what do you think we can do with it where can we take it how do we make it better than that don't all talk at once now what might a session based around this concept look like? All right, I'm um, thinking mystery. Yeah, def- definitely mystery. And I think to set it up, the druid would have to have done it for multiple years in a row now. So that the players can try and investigate and get to the bottom of it before the flowers go crazy. Instead of... Um, it just happening and the players are like, oh, fuck, we got to take care of this. That is one way you can handle it. But I think to kind of enhance on the mystery part of it, if it's like a pre-existing thing that seems to be happening and the players are kind of like tracking it, trying to figure out what's causing it, I think that would be a cool way to do it, at least in my opinion. So I agree with with it having to happen and the you and the players having to prevent it. But I don't think it would make sense to have it happen over multiple years. Um, because why would people still be accepting flowers from this druid if they got attacked last year and the year before by his flowers? Maybe... So I... Oh, go ahead. I, I would argue that, that, that this is the first year he's doing it, but maybe the party has already has already seen attacks by these flowers earlier in the day, even. And like or, the, the the flowers don't all attack at once, and yeah. he has, and then the party is, is is like, oh shit, flowers are attacking people. We need to figure out, you know, like who gave these out and like why they're attacking people. Yeah, or it could be like in the days leading up to like the day, and like each day gets progressively worse. Or if you want it to like happen over a span of years, then another way you can do it is that the druid is actually just like a flower is like posing instead of he's selling the flower. He's actually supplying the flowers to the bouquet shops and, like, is disguising himself so, like, it, like, you know. Got it. I, I think, may, may, or may, maybe he's just, like, like maybe he's just cursing flowers that are already being grown by the bouquet shops. Yeah, that, or that actually works, too. Because, because I feel like, 
Yeah, because like bouquet shops, I'm, I'm assuming they, they they probably don't rotate vendors very often because they, they they are the vendor. You know? Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, I, I do like that. Then the druid going and cursing the flowers that are already kind of like cut and kind of giving them a new purpose. I like that. Brad, Mr. Druid Man. I love druids. Um, this is this sounds like a druid bad guy, which I think is cool as hell as well. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for like druid bad guys. Um, druids typically belong to circles um, of like like-minded people, kind of in charge with similar domains. Does this guy have a circle? What might that look like? Is there like a circles of flowers druid? There could be. <laughs> there I mean, could. You, I be. mean, you can just make one up or DMs. Yeah, yeah, like a a a, a, sec, a circle of druids that worship flowers. Excuse me. Or a circle yeah. of thorns or something. Oh, a circle of thorns would be cool. Um, and maybe this guy is like their group shares the same mentality, but this guy is a bit of an extremist and is taking it to, um. The levels that he is, maybe, or maybe the entire group is in on it and are um, doing this at the same time every year in multiple different cities and trying to cause the most um, widespread impact as possible. What it's like think? a, it's like a reverse eco terrorist. Well, I guess like a normal eco terrorist. I guess it's like a normal <laughs> eco terrorist, probably. Yeah. That's pretty based. I mean, cool. I mean, in Minecraft, in Minecraft. Brad, Brad, Brad Brad's political affiliation does not represent dudes and drinks. <laughs> LLC. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Final Fantasy VII. Like Cloud Strife is an eco terrorist, but that doesn't make him any less cool. Um. So we have an eco terrorist group of druids doing this in multiple cities, and the players are tasked with just trying to figure out what the cause of it is in the city that they're currently in and operating from. Yeah. So we should probably work backwards on this. Why are the Druids doing this? Is, is it only because they hate that, that flowers are being used as, as like, as like presence in, instead of like nature or, oh, you know, or is there like a deeper meaning behind it? They're unhappy with like... the misuse of, um, plants in general. But the fact that um, it's being used for such a menial, like a short holiday that um, has no real significance to like the druids, at least that like they're seeing it as an absolute waste of like resources. Like this is on par to like someone coming down and destroying and like not not like cutting down the trees and using it to build a settlement. But burning down the trees to clear way for a settlement that they're going to bring resources in from instead of using the resources that are there, like type of atrocity for them. What if he's like a circle of the swarms druid and he's all about like beekeeping and shit and and the bees like these flowers and then people fuck with his flowers, which pisses off his bees, which pisses off him. I like that. Art. Or swarm? Is that like a? Is that canon? Well, I, I guess. I, I, so. I guess. I, yeah, I guess. 
to us it is. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to like look up stuff while we're talking. No, you're good. Um, um, no, I like that though. Well, there's like there's the ranger swarm one. Yeah. So why yeah, can't there be a druid swarm one? You know. No, I agree. Yeah, like it would make sense for there to be a druid swarm. I was just trying to look up notes on it. Yeah. And that's uh, why I was a little confused on because I didn't find anything. Because it sounds like something that should be a thing. Oh well, they they are they because like a druid a swarm druid is cooler than a swarm ranger because rangers fucking blow. <laughs> so I they, they they have to give rangers something to like to call cold that's their own. Because their their beastmaster sucks. They're yeah. So I'm not going to get into that. But I, I get why wizards didn't do it. <laughs> I get it. All right. So we have a circle of the swarm druid who has, um, I guess if if it's a circle, then they all are like very focused, and we can have these ones being dedicated to bees. And so, do we want to keep with the motif of it's happening in multiple different cities and like? Um, multiple druids are kind of each trying their best to execute this plan for the sake of their yeah. swarm. Yeah, yeah, their circle is all over the place following their eco-terrorist ways. Okay, okay, cool. So, what are we thinking of some core... So we have, like, the villain or the main protagonists or antagonists. Um... I always get those confused. And then we have kind of their motivation. Um, now, when the, it comes to the players, kind of like... Well, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the progression should be of from when the players get introduced to the issue to when they solve the issue. So do we want to work from whenever they first get introduced, introduced or do we want to work backwards from them getting to the druid? Um, I've written a few mystery encounters before. Um, I typically work both ways in. Um, I find that the easiest. Like I, try, I get, I get the overarching ending of what I want the players to find out and when I want them to find it out, and then I go back to the beginning and then flush it out. Okay. Um, but like, yeah. So like, main points are players are introduced to conflict. Uh. Players can then investigate conflict. Okay, so players are introduced to conflict. Flowers are attacking people. Mm-hmm. Um, players, we need your help. Why? Um, uh, uh, the investigating the conflict. Okay, these flowers are attacking people. Where are the flowers coming from? You know, are they coming from vendors? Are they coming from? Are people picking them wildly? They they investigate. Right. Mm-hmm. Find out it's vendors. Boom. Um, but it's multiple different vendors. So then that, that, that leads them to think like, oh, is it, are the vendors colluding? Is something bad with how they're growing them? Is it the soil? Is it, you know, then they go talk to the vendors. Vendors don't know what's going on. They, this doesn't happen with any other flowers, any other time of the year. Um, it's just happening now. Um, they didn't change anything. Boom. They are now at a dead end. Players now at a dead end, essentially on the vendors. So now is it something Um, to do with the holiday is it something to do with an outside source and they can kind of go from there yeah essentially um and then you once you once you dead end them you get them thinking and then you introduce maybe one vendor who remembers something right a lead if the if the players hit a dead end you give them a lead uh uh i remember this 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 cloaked guy who came in my shop a little bit ago he didn't buy anything he was just kind of looking around you know 
um, tried saying hi. He said hi back briefly and then walked away. You know, just left. Boom. You know, mysterious man in a cloak. Uh, said a few said few words. Didn't do anything. Left. Why? You know, was that like why? Why is that significant? And then you know, and then players could and then more investigating on that essentially. And then eventually find. So where where do we think we should have our Mister Druid hold up for the players to eventually find them? See, this is what I was gonna ask. Okay. Would it make sense for the druid to be a roaming druid? Would, would, like, like if if this is a bunch of people in the circle doing this in a bunch of different places, it is not just one one solo actor. Uh, why would the druid stay after cursing the flowers? Why wouldn't he just keep moving through town? To maybe ensure that it goes as planned, or maybe um his, or maybe his magic has a uh range range delimiter. Where if he gets too far away from the magic of the flowers that he's cursed, they're not actually going to um, animate. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Or if it's happening over a course of days, then that can also be that he's not finished with. Sorry, Tasha is deciding to yell at me because I'm not playing with her. Anyway, um... So it could be either that there's a there's the range issue or that um like we said before it's happening over a course of a few days and he's not done with the process of cursing the flowers and that he wants to um fulfill it. So maybe there's a time limit that like once he curses the flowers they have to come alive within 24 hours or so or, or like an hour or so after he does it something like that. And so, and you know that it's getting worse and worse as it gets closer to the main holiday. Yeah. Brad, what do you think? Yeah. Is, do, do you think the druid should be roaming or do you think it should be stagnant? In the, like, like the, the, maybe the druids have to stay behind for, like, what Anthony mentioned, the cooldown. Or not the cooldown, like, like the timing effect. Like, they have to stay within range of their enchantments, their okay. curses. So here's something, something right? Uh, there's some other spells that like a teleportation circle, for example, um, is if you cast it over like every single day for like a year or something, it becomes permanent. Uh, so what if it was something like that? Like in order to curse this field, the druid has to venture there every day for like a week or a month or something. Okay. So that kind of keeps them in the area for a little bit longer mm-hmm. uh, while still allowing them to exist elsewhere. And I, okay. I think that makes sense. So like maybe they do have like a permanent circle elsewhere, um, but not... They don't necessarily have to like live there. Yeah. So then, okay. So if they venture to this town, they probably don't have a permanent setup on, on uh, they probably don't have a permanent, um, uh, like, they have like a semi-permanent one, like a long-term yeah. campsite or something. You so know? Yeah, maybe they're yeah. out in a field, but, but not like a full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, so so it's like, what what if there's like a ruin nearby? That 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 rumor spread about a mysterious man living there, mm-hmm. right? And then and then you you and then the, the the players hear kids talking about like like staying away from the ruins. Now like they they used to be abandoned and kids used to play there all the time. And then all of a sudden the kids are terrified to go there, right? Mm-hmm. I like that. And then boom, the players go. They find it empty. Well, they they they, they find it empty minus uh minus like 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 a semi permanent setup for somebody's living here right 
So so they they don't find the person yet, but but they know but they know like where the person might be, or they they they, they know where the person might be living. They 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 know that that there is a person that was kind of mysterious in some of the in some of the vendor locations. So now what? The players can choose multiple different options here. They can either stake out the place, uh, wait for the druid to come back. They 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 can keep going around town looking for him. If he's not there, he's probably in town somewhere. Um, you know, what I mean? like there, there, there's a few ways the players can navigate this, and then do the players think that that like if the players have prior knowledge on druids, they 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 could choose to stake out the druid but not confront him, and then follow him back to his circle. Yeah. Afterwards. Mm-hmm. And you know what I just thought of? This is actually a perfect opportunity for Callback back to, uh, I believe it was our. Either first or second, let's build a monster where we created a Venus flytrap monster. And we can probably use that same kind of basis for some of the um, attacking flowers, I thought. And this guy could actually also have those maybe stationed around his base as a form Mm -hmm. of protection. Yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah, like 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 the 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 like for example, I I think I think it would be cooler if the kids didn't rumor that there was a man. If they rumor that 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 plants were that 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 like the, like the plants have come alive. Yeah, at this like at that. this old ruin. I like that. Like and if they then, get too close, a vine like kind of whips out and like yeah, snaps at the kid. Yeah. I like that. Cool. So we have kind of the setup of this. Um, now the the overall kind of like end encounter between the players and the druid. Now this could probably go multiple different ways. The players could talk to the druid and maybe convince them to stop making things come alive. Um, other options: a fight breaks out. What do you guys? Th- what are some of the ideas you guys see of see about how this plays out? Doctor Druid, um, Dr. what are the odds that the player would be able to convince the Druid not to not to enact his circle's like objective? Very very low. Yeah, pretty low. <laughs> okay, like super low. So, so I would so I would rule out that this guy is. I, I would I would rule it that, that that this guy is definitely non negotiable. Um, unless he's tricked. Like if he somehow fooled like the players like disguise themselves as another druid or something like that and sometime somehow trick the druid but other mm-hmm. than that i think it's either going to come down to combat or blackmail in some short shape or way like <laughs> blackmail like blackmail? hey if you do this we're going to burn down this entire forest type of thing reverse eco-terrorism <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, hey, if you commit this uh, act of eco-terrorism, I'm going to burn down the fucking rainforest. Checkmate, bitch. (laughs) That's wild. Now, obviously, in the end, it's probably going to come down to combat. So what do you guys think that's going to look like? Um, So there's the Druid Grove spell, which I think is really cool. um, That a Druid can cast to, like, make, like, a temporary home base elsewhere. Uh, and that lets him get, like, Gust of Winds and shit set up, uh, which could give some, like, really cool, like, lair actions around his base. That'd be cool. Yeah. You could easily extend that, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like how a dragon has their kind of lair actions and anything like that without their setup in a, if they're set up in a certain spot. Mm-hmm. And kind of 
kind of go from there. Yeah, it's just kind of like the portable layer. I like that. I think is really neat. Now that's a pretty high level spell for a player, uh, but you could just DM it and be like, "Yo, it's something he has." You know, you don't have to justify it mechanically. I mean, this could be uh-huh. a pretty high level encounter too if you play it correctly. Like the um, druid could even have it set up set the ruins. Like, yeah, sure, he used that as a base, but he's actually kind of like woven vines and these different plants all around to create this kind of labyrinth that the players have to forge their way through to get to the druid maybe but again something that big would probably draw more attention than just kids rumoring about it travelers probably would have mentioned it or something like that Hmm. so why would the druid not immediately cast conjure animal and summon a bunch of giant snakes to constrict the party (laughs) Um, well, because he's a he's a uh, circle of the swarm, so he'd be reliant on his swarm, swarm of snakes, swarm of bees, Brad. Oh uh, yeah, bees. You're right. Ugh. Goddamn thematics preventing me from TPKing the party. Well, I I would argue that that he wouldn't TPK. I would argue that that he just keeps them bound so he can continue going to do his bidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then boom, party escape. Well, because like, like, torture the them with the bees. Unless one Not of them has the a bee allergy. Not the bees! So, what would... So, these plants that come alive, are they killing people? Or are they just causing chaos like the um, gremlins from... Gremlins? Is that the movie that I'm thinking of? Gremlins. The... the Tasha, stop. Yes, but, but gremlins also killed people. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. So, are okay, then, are they like gremlins? Or are they, like, more... Passive, where they just run around and cause just general chaos. Um, like, what are we thinking? Do because that kind of will also uh, formulate whether or not the druid um, is homicidal or not. Do, do they come alive and attack, or or do they have effects on the person who's who's holding it or sniffing it? Or I think they just come alive. My kind of vision would they just come alive and kind of just attack indiscriminately but i don't know if it was attacking to kill or just attacking to maim um so the way i see it it's more like like an animated object or something and honestly an individual flower probably isn't strong enough to uh like kill somebody but a whole bouquet if you get like a whole bouquet bouquet that could be like a swarm of little flowers and that could definitely get you uh, but, like, one individual flower probably isn't going to do anything. What if, yeah. in the end, all the flowers come together to form one big flower elemental? <laughs> and just cause ultimate chaos? <laughs> and, like, as you, like, do damage to it, instead of, like, draining from its health pool, you're just reducing the amount of flowers that's in it? Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cool, like, culmination of the flower arc. Or maybe the druid loses control over the flowers and then that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, really well, like, wanna, like, I really want to explore that at some point now. The question is, was, would the druid even have control of the flowers? I would probably say not. I think it would like just from be... the beginning, I would just, yeah. I would say that, that, that they just come alive and then act on their own as creatures. Mm-hmm. And then, like... 
like 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 one flower alone wouldn't be able to kill somebody, but but if somebody bought like a bouquet of like twelve flowers, not nine, now you have twelve little like little flowers running around, kind of like spiders, that that literally just fuck on somebody. And yeah, if you I, think about, I'd it, be like, terrified of that. Oh like, yeah, like 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 the like player like the the players can easily one shot these flowers with abilities or with like attacks, but like if you have like fucking forty of them. Like you're gonna be a little scared of that yeah. as a player. Like, like even if I so like if we're saying this is what level we'll say it's level five, and the flowers only do one d four damage. Forty flowers can still probably take someone down with a focus fire. <laughs> like, like a commoner maybe yeah. yeah, yeah a commoner. It won't be able to be a player. Play players have like roughly like like 40, 50 health around level five. Yeah, but forty if forty Commoners flowers like for forty one d four is an average of twenty damage. Oh, I guess it is. Twelve twenty five damage. No, no, a forty one d four is an average of eighty. It's an average of oh yeah, that's right yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. So yeah, yeah, you you could definitely one shot a party or one shot. Com- Commoners have four four HP. Uh, so yeah, you could probably kill like the average commoner. So they can with, definitely with cost two flowers. <laughs> with yeah. two flowers, you can you can kill the average commoner. Do the flowers get pack tactics? Oh Ooh. my god! <laughs> no, they wouldn't. No, no, okay, <laughs> okay, it'd be okay, funny okay. though. I, I would roll that they get pack tactics, but they only do one damage. That's hilarious. So, so it takes four flowers to kill a commoner. One oh. round of commoner. Yeah, to one round of commoner. But 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 the flowers have one HP and have and have like a like like like, like a, like a ten hit. ten AC, yeah, or like a ten AC or or like a or like I mean they're small. I'd argue like fifteen AC. Yeah, small things usually get bonuses like yeah. twelve or thirteen like, or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should make a stat block for that. That'd be cool. Just just rose flower, animated <laughs> just rose. flower, yeah, animated animated flower. We should because if you think because wouldn't they'd be what they'd be um. I guess it'd be more like an awakened flower, actually. Yeah. They'd be weak yeah. to they'd be weak to slashing damage and, and fire. fire. <laughs> Resistant to well, poison. Wait, why would they be weak to slashing? Wouldn't they because be Because you cut Oh, oh you weak, cut weak to weak to slash. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I thought you weak, weak to <laughs> slashing. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Resistant to resistant to piercing. Piercing weak, weak and to poison. slashing and bludgeoning. And fire. Yeah. Well, immune to immune to poison. Immune to poison. Like, they, you can't you can't poison a flower. Yeah. yeah, you can. If you put them in a vat of acid, they're gonna drink up all the acid and wilt. But no, no, that's not that's not acid. There's there's acid resistance and there's poison resistance. Or poison. If I put like, I, I guess I guess there is the weed killer. I guess there is weed killer. Yeah, weed killer. There you go. They're weak to poison. I guess. Okay. I I would say <laughs> that I, I would just go middle of the road and neither then for poison. Okay, that's <laughs> like fine. Fo- good, just good. Po- fog cloud. <laughs> poison. Yeah. Cloud. Um. Yeah. Hmm. I, I so really we, we we got resistant to we get resistant to piercing and then we and then uh, vulnerable to slashing, bludgeoning, and poison and fire and cold. I guess yeah, frost too because like uh, frost will kill plants and like the so these would be actually really weak and easy to kill. But I mean well, that's yeah. the point. There's so yeah. many of them. Yeah. Yeah, it gives the players a sense of like a sense of like, like 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 being able to fight off a horde. But the issue is that is that it's a horde. Oh, this would make a great yeah. like mini like campaign where like you take down the one druid and the rest of the druids kind of like rise up against you and then create the big giant flower elemental. 
and just start wrecking havoc. Sorry, I'm really focused on this flower elemental now. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of the Dudes and Drinks podcast. If you liked it, reach out to us. We're on Twitter. Join our Discord. is also on Twitter. Uh, email us, dudesanddrinks at gmail.com. Tell us to your friends. You know, we just hope you have a good time listening to us because we have a good time making these episodes for you. Anyways, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.